Good evening, everybody. This is Jandra LaBeouf, and I am here to talk with you once more. American Horror Story Cult. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know which of these characters I should be afraid of. Which characters should you be afraid of? We are going to talk all things episode two tonight. Tonight's episode was called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. And looking at some of the things that happened during this episode, the dark is the least of your concern. Don't be a don't be afraid of the dark, but be very afraid of your neighbors. Be very afraid of your of uh, clowns and the staff that work for you. Be afraid of everything because there is money to be made in fear. Ivy told us that in the uh, very first. I mean, Kai told us that in the very first episode. So thank you for tuning in. This is my second time doing the American Horror Story Cult After Show. And I must say, this was pretty fun. I've never done an after show before, and what better show to do it for than American Horror Story Cult. So let's just jump right in and tackle some of the main things that happened in this week's episode. So we picked up with Allie. Where we left off last week, Allie thought there was a clown in the bed with her. And, of course, when she got out of bed to look for him and to tell her girlfriend Ivy what she discovered, there was no clowns anywhere to be found. Twisty appeared in the clown in the in the room with the son Oz, but he was dreaming. It ended up being a nightmare. Clowns, clowns, clowns. So this is clearly going to be a central theme of the season. I'm not the biggest fan of clowns, but right now it just seems like maybe Twisty might be a good guy. Twisty haven't killed anybody yet except in the flashback, and that could have been from the old American Horror Story freak show. Who knows? But he hasn't killed anyone yet. So also picking up where it left off, um, the it picks up with the uh, the Mexican guys being arrested, and Allie is watching a news report where uh, they were arrested for beating Kai's ass. If you don't remember that from last week, Kai kind of instigated the whole thing by saying some slanderous things to them, and I believe he threw piss or something at them and they whooped his ass and of course he played the victim and they all were arrested and INS and everybody was called on them on them and took them away so that sucked but it was all part of the master plan incite the violence and then fall back be a person that throws a rock and hide your hand that is Kai in a nutshell so with that with now he has that platform to stand on migrant or immigrants to the area where they live beating him up, coupled with the fact that the Asian councilman who was in the seat and was very opposing to his ideology, he's out of the way, and it leaves the lane wide open for him to run and instigate and propagandize this agenda of hate that he wants to rule the land and make money off of. Ali, now, since the, since the neighbors across the street, the family have been killed. The Chang family have been killed. The house hasn't been empty but but a minute. And we've got some new neighbors who just ironically moved around. Allie was peeping them out through the window, being the passive-aggressive person that she is. She went over there to be nosy, and she, instead of trying to say what's up, saw them in the, in the garage with a bunch of hazmat suits on and a bunch of cylinders and containers. Past experience has told us when you see all that in the garage that it probably has some type of chemical weapons or weapons of mass destruction. But no, Ryan Murphy and the writers in their infinite wisdom of American Horror Story have decided to make it that they are nothing but harmless beekeepers living in the suburbs with the most interesting of coupling. The man is gay. The woman is straight. 
But they decided when they were young, if they didn't marry anyone else, they would marry each other. But even though the woman is straight in the for the uh, sake of reference from the rest of the season, then their names are Meadow and Harrison. So you've got the ga- the Gabers living across the street, uh, tending to bees and doing all the things. They're trainers and soul cyclers and typical gentrified neighbors that move into your neighborhood and take over. But here we are. We see that Winter is still indoctrinating young Oz to not be afraid and to turn him into whatever she is that we aren't sure what she is yet. I'll take you back to the first episode. We saw that she was disappointed that Hillary Clinton didn't win. Her brother, Kai, was humping the TV when he found out that Donald Trump won. So we don't know what to make of these two yet. Kai, maybe Kai's not the bad one. Maybe Winter is really the puppet master. We don't know. We just know she's not. She's up to something that's not good based on the way she's trying to indoctrinate young Oz to not be afraid of what he sees happening. But that's how you start to bring people into a cult. You make what's happened, what they're seeing occur, they're normal. And once they accept what they're seeing as normal, then they have no, no choice but to join you, and they won't be opposed to the cult. So we see the baby is going to continue being indoctrinated. We don't know what's going to happen to the young boy. He is cute, though. He looks like a little cherub. Allie, they showed Allie having an aversion to bees. What's that about? I tried to go back and look at some past seasons of American Horror Story where there was something having to do with bees. I read a flashback in one of the past seasons that Sarah Paulson appeared on that they played music from the horror movie Candyman. For those of you who are old enough to remember or who have seen it, Candyman was um, a black man who was executed for having an affair with a white woman. And the townspeople got together and poured honey on him and the bees attacked him and killed him. And then he would come back and people would go, Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. And then he would come back and manifest in physical form. So kind of interesting that they use that element to tie on given the uh, political and the climate of what's happening in the setting of this TV show. So we know Allie has some type of an aversion to bees, but we don't know what's yet. But I thought it was really cute that uh, Meadow said she can't drink lemonade without thinking of Beyonce. Shout out to Beyonce. I wonder if she watches American Horror Story Cult. That'd be kind of dope if she did. Or maybe wouldn't. I don't know. So anyway, while they're sitting at home, fast forward more throughout the episode, Allie finds herself at home with her family and the alarm goes off at the restaurant. Flat, taking a step back at the restaurant, there was a scene where her one of her Mexican cooks and one of her white line chefs got into a little altercation. Some racial slurs were thrown around. The next thing you know, Allie pops up at the restaurant, and the meat freezer is looking like a scene from Rocky. There's meat hanging from everywhere, but the only meat, that's not the only meat that's hanging up. We've got uh, the meat their coworker is also hanging up in there. And, of course, who they blame for killing him? The Mexican guy that he got into a fight with earlier. Why it always got to be the brown brother that did it? Shameful. Shameful. So there's a dead body in the freezer, and, of course, the police come and question the two of them, and ask everything under the sun except what was it about? What's his immigration status? Why he got to be illegal just because he's Mexican? But, of course, this is what is typical when we see investigations in the media. They want to try you on all the things except the facts of the case. So taking a break from that, I thought it was really clever for American Horror Story to step away for a commercial break and do a pseudo-commercial about clown prejudice. 
I wish that was a real number I would call in. I'm not the biggest fan of clowns, so I will I will proudly show my prejudice for clowns. Going back to the story, the Gabers are starting to become friends with Allie. And Allie, I don't know, it seems like her mindset is turning a little bit from being this outwardly far-left, uber-liberal, white female lesbian living in the suburbs. Next thing you know, the Gabers move in. They've got a gang of guns. They're giving her guns, and now she's gun-happy. Hmm. Is she turning more conservative? Maybe she's the one that's being indoctrinated into a cult mindset and not her son. Or maybe they want them both. Maybe it's like Sarah and John Connor. I don't know. We'll see who ends up in there. So they give her a gun. Meanwhile, Kai has now gotten out of the hospital after being beat up by the Brown brothers in a parking lot that he antagonized and he instigated. He wants to be the councilman and just happens to pop up at Allie's door and she remembers him as the person who threw coffee on her and her wife, Ivy. But you know what? He don't give a damn. He still want to run. He stood there and he still threatened her and, and duped up on her. And she slammed her door and was afraid. Allie is so weak. I don't know about Allie. I don't know if Allie should make me afraid or if Allie should make me strong. But Allie, there's still a lot to learn about her, at least with the other characters. We know we should fear them. We know that we should fear Kai. We know winter, something is not right there. The clown people are killing everybody up. Twisty is a killer. But we don't really know the backstory of Allie and Ivy. And something tells me we should be more fearful of the two of them than anybody else. So, with gun in hand, she feels a little bit safer, but she's starting to develop agoraphobia, which for those of you who don't know, it's the fear of being in places and situations that you can't control, and it causes a sense of panic. But maybe she feels a little bit more confident with her new bars on the window, new bars on the door, and now she's got a cold piece of steel, piece be steel, in her hand. And what's the first thing that happens? They get a neighborhood power outage, and the Gabers run across the street and go, lesbians, we're under attack. That's pretty funny. Lesbians, we're under attack. Not Ladies were under attack, like not, hey, neighbor, were under attack. The fact that he identified them as an object and not as human beings tells me he's not really gay. That's just a story they're going to run with for the episode. But anyway, lesbians were under attack. Winter gets the hell up out of there because she knows what's going on. And the clown is inside her house, and Allie has discovered that the wires have been cut. Her wife, sent, her wife Ivy sends over their Mexican boy from the restaurant to bring her some candles and some things to keep her safe. And what does she do? The thing that happens to people who do not understand are not good at handling guns. It takes a specific type of person to be a responsible gun owner, and Allie is not that. So what does she do? She shoots her Mexican boy. And something tells me next week she is going to be heralded for shooting a person of color who is unarmed. Well, he shouldn't have been on your doorstep. Why wasn't he at work? We know that she's going to come out clean and justified when the facts of the case come out. And what's this? Just when the show is coming to an end, we see the ice cream truck outside ready to get it cracking and more clowns in our house. Here's what I don't understand. 
she has a son. Allie has a son, but she doesn't have any gangster in her to protect the son. Just no gangster. Put the baby in the bed. Leave the baby with some random nanny that you just met. Baby across the street with the gabers looking at bees. But no kind of gangster to protect her son except for, don't let go of my hand. She should have gave the baby the gun. I bet the baby would have been great with the gun. Or at least he will be in a few years when they fit when they finish his indoctrination and make him a full-fledged member of the cult. So that, in a nutshell, was tonight's story. It wasn't all crammed, a whole bunch of things crammed in into one episode like last week where they had to set the stage. The arc of the characters was this this week. It seemed like it was maybe two or three days in the life. They got new neighbors. Kai is running for councilman. The baby is still getting over his fears. And Allie is retreating further and further and further into her lunacy of wanting to trap herself inside. Why is she afraid of bees? Why does she keep having flashbacks? Why does she need pills? Why isn't she telling her therapist everything? Just, but I have a feeling we are going to find out. I took a chance. I took a t- uh, chance to look back at some old American horror. Stories. The bees. The bees have been a common theme in past episodes. Like I told you. The story of Candyman regarding a black man and a white woman, and he was attacked and and ultimately killed with bees. All these things are tying into tonight's storyline. It's really a cluster. We got a little bit of Nightmare on M Street. We got a little bit of Candyman. We got a little bit of Monsters, Inc., but scarier. We still got the Purge going on. It is a whole, whole lot. It's a lot of storyline to delve into. We're only two episodes in, and we've got a long way to go before we get over the hump, but I'm so curious to see how all of this is going to tie together. And why isn't Twisty ever with the other clowns when it goes down? Or is he just still a figment of the boy's imagination? I guess we won't know until we make it to the end. So that's all I got for for tonight's episode of the American Horror Story After Show, The Relapse. I'll be back again next week to talk about American Horror Story, catch you up on what's happening. Remember, tonight's episode was called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. I'm not afraid of the dark, but I am afraid of people just magically appearing in my house I did not let in. And if they are going to stay there, can they put in on the rent and maybe bring some food home? That might be helpful, and it might make me a little less afraid. So once again, thanks for listening. Give me some of your theories on what you think is happening with American Horror Story. Are we going to continue? We know the purge thing is going to be from the beginning to the end since the political aspect is such a strong component of the storyline this season. But are we going to continue with the Candyman theme, the Nightmare on Elm Street theme, the Monsters, Inc. theme? And who is going to snap first? We've seen some killing take place. One of the clowns sounded like Kai, but is it Kai? Is it her girlfriend? I think her girlfriend is a little bit suspect. And what exactly is up with Winter? I like her uh, her two braids. It makes me think of, like, the Adams family. Reminds me of, uh, what was her name? Was it Wednesday? Tuesday? One of the days of the week. She reminds me of that. She might be the calmest person in the family, but I don't know. That's all I got. So remember, hit me up. Tell me your theories on American Horror Story. I will be back next week to talk more American Horror Story, and I look forward to doing it. 
Have a great night, and I'll see you next week.